Let's turn our attention to Ukraine and just outside Ukraine, in fact, uh, Poland, where Adam Zivo is uh, standing by. He's a National Post columnist. He's currently in Warsaw, Poland. Adam, welcome to the show. Good to have you along. Thanks for having me back. Look, at uh, I can't imagine what it's like to be stationed in Poland right now. Close to two million people have fled Ukraine and come across the border, most of them ending up in Poland. Uh, Poland shares a 310-mile border with Ukraine and has taken the majority of those refugees in. What are you seeing? Well, what I'm seeing right now is an incredible sense of solidarity and support from the Polish people. Uh, I do want to clarify that most of Poland right now is safe. And, and is doing well. I mean, in Warsaw, most things are pretty normal. You know, you go to the mall, you see people shopping, you go to the old town center, you see tourists there. But when you go to the train stations and when you go to the bus terminals, you see just an endless stream of refugees, the vast majority of which are mothers and children. And it's heartbreaking to see. You know, you just see countless children distraught with emptiness in their eyes. Uh, so much sadness that should never be on a child's face. Uh, but what you also see is just battalions of volunteers, everyday Poles, who are volunteering 12 to 14 hours a day to ensure that these people are housed and fed. I've spoken to num- like numerous locals who have testified to the, uh, the incredible efforts that have been made. For example, in, in Warsaw Central Station, uh, you just have like about 50 volunteers who are consistently handing out food, and their food never runs out because random Poles will come in carrying trays and, and baskets of, of whatever goods are needed. So there's both so much heartbreak, but also mm-hmm. so much inspiration. That's pretty moving. Tell us a little bit about, um, I saw this uh, photo that was going around social media, and it's a photo of uh, people's, people's empty uh, strollers. And it was they were just left on the platform of a train station. Uh, you know, there's... Was, question mark on if that's a setup or if that actually happened. But tell us the story behind that. Well, I, I wouldn't be able to speak to that specifically. But what I'll say is that based on what I've seen so far, I wouldn't be surprised that it's just a completely normal thing. Uh, it's very much in line with the level of self-sacrifice and generosity that I've seen uh, in Warsaw so far. Uh, to give you a sense of you know what people are doing, many people are opening up their homes and housing multiple refugees. Uh, you have people who are volunteering to be transport drivers uh, who are ferrying refugees from the border regions to nearby villages. You have people who are working throughout the night to ensure that refugees uh, understand what trains they can take from here, because many of them are going to the Netherlands and Germany from here. Not all of the refugees who arrive stay in Poland. Um, so the, the, the baby carrier story, you know, when I saw that online, it just felt like, you know, more of the same in a good way. It's just completely consistent with everything else that's happening in Warsaw. If you're just joining us right now and you don't know what we mean by the baby stroller story, I didn't really set it up uh, too well because, Adam, I thought you were going to grab it and run with it um, because I thought maybe you you had access to this story. But since we kind of both have alluded to it, it, it seems that uh, Polish people have just just taken it upon themselves to uh, put themselves in the shoes of people fleeing from Ukraine, most of them women, obviously, because the men have to stay behind if they're 18 to 16 to fight, or 18 to 60 to fight, uh, and they're fleeing with babies. And a lot of the photos that we see, images, they're just picking up their kids and running. So they're carrying these children uh, for miles and miles. It must be exhausting. And they get to the train station, and there are just empty strollers waiting for them just to take a little bit 
of that weight off them quite literally and figuratively. And I just can't imagine how moving that would be. It seems like such a small thing to do, but it just, it, it says so much. Speaking of, uh, communication, I understand that there's a huge communication barrier because most of these people don't speak the same language. How are they navigating that? Well, the great thing is that there's a, a pretty vibrant Ukrainian community within Poland. Um, so they're, they're acting as translators. And then on top of that, some Ukrainian refugees do speak English, so that becomes a language of mediation as well. Uh, but a, a large number of people are volunteering to provide translation services, and, and that's been how that gap has been filled. Uh, I just wanted to go back to an earlier point about uh, when you had mentioned people who are traveling you know, for so long to arrive in Warsaw. I, I do want to stress the level of, uh, well, just how awful that trip is. Right. Many people will take a train and they'll be standing for four days straight without any food. So, you know, when we were at Warsaw Central Station, when, you know, we saw a train of refugees arrive and there were a handful of older refugees, you know, uh, 60 plus who just collapsed when they arrived. And many of them have actually been shocked when they see all the free food that is waiting for them at the station because they're not used to this. They, they expect that they have to pay, but they don't. Hmm. That must be uh, in- incredible to see. I uh, just re- recently heard the news today that uh, the president of U- Ukraine, Zelensky, is calling out for more human uh, humanitarian corridors to be open after a young child uh, passed away due to dehydration. Imagine that. Well, it's, it's um, these, these humanitarian corridors a lot of Ukrainians don't trust them because it's been announced several times before. And every time that these corridors are opened, they aren't respected. So uh, I think in Maripool, uh, I hope I'm not butchering the pronunciation for that. Uh, there was another corridor that was open. It was a third attempt to cross and they were shelled and killed. Um, the level of inhumanity you see in Ukraine uh, committed by the Russian army is, 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 breathtaking uh it just it's it's just horrifying uh for example indian refugees and the indian community in general uh was outraged when last week there was an indian medical student in uh kiev and he was just he'd left his bunker because he'd run out of food and water and they had gone to in a queue to wait for more provisions and then they were shelled and killed and so that story became emblematic of the inhumanity of war and really turned Indian opinion against Russia. And there's numerous examples of this, of people just being appalled by what's happening to civilians. I mean, it, it's uh, so hard to wrap around our heads around what's going on to the Ukrainian people right now. But to be in Poland, looking at the uh, overwhelming uh, signs of goodwill and humanitarian efforts, I hear that uh, people are offering supplies in stores for less, some uh, army supplies, supplies stores are selling things at half price. Um, wh- what are you seeing? I mean, it's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm here with a woman named Ivanka, who is also from Toronto, and she volunteered to be a translator. So she, we took the plane here together uh, back on Friday. And so she went to go get some tactical gear, because if we're going to Lviv, which is a Western mm-hmm. Ukrainian city, I mean, we're still not entirely sure. Uh, we've heard that there's, you know, that there's stories of potential uh, rapes, you know, happening between the border and Lviv by Russian saboteurs who have been installed there waiting to, you know, uh, instigate trouble when they're called upon. And so she went to go buy a knife um, 
protect herself if necessary. And, you know, the moment that the, the store owner heard that she was going for Ukraine, that she was a Ukrainian yeah. Canadian who wanted to help out, 50% off right away. Wow. No, no, uh, no questions asked. It's it, the, the stories that we're hearing are equally horrible and, uh, you know, hopeful of people fighting for uh, Ukrainians and, and their right for democracy and against the Russian forces. Uh, Adam, I, I'm going to guess we're going to talk to you again in the near future. If you go into Lviv, please take care, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much for you know giving us your insight into what's going on in Poland. It's interesting to see how people are coming together to help out people that they, they don't even know opening up their houses. Well, uh, thank you for having me on and giving me a platform to talk about these things. It really is inspiring to see what the Polish people are doing. Adam Zivo is a National Post columnist. Uh, he's currently in Warsaw, Poland. Thanks, Adam. Have a good day.